today on an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that was the inspiration for the hit horror movie Troll 2. That movie still gives me nightmares, so bad that I pee the bed, despite there being not a single troll in the movie. What happens when a woman begins researching paranormal activity, only to discover that soon after, she becomes the target for something terrible on the other side? That story and many more, today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to show your real ghost stories with us. Of course, you can also write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And hey, now you can get uh, a three-day free trial of being an EPP exclusively through Apple Podcasts. Go check that out. Uh, you can get all access then to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, all of it ad-free. Uh, you can also uh, go through Patreon and check it out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Real Ghost Stories. That is if you're not someone who's uh, using Apple Podcasts uh, or uh, GhostPodcast.com, our website, where you can also get all that uh, same content there and help uh, support the show and enjoy the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. It's uh, Tony and Carol Houston on today's episode. What's going on? <clears throat> hey, Tony. Hey. Nice Yay. How's it going with you? It's uh, it's another day. Uh, it's warming up a little bit, which is is nice. And uh, it's I don't know, we did trick or treating the other night, and yeah, I know this is airing at the end of November, so we should be fully into the Christmas mode by this point. When this, I is- know that's really weird. Yeah, because it's like it seems like this year went flying by. Yeah weird and like i was at the store the other day and all the christmas shits out and i'm like i'm not there i'm not there in my head yet yeah not even close this one went flying by because i think the last two were drug out oh my god i've had like a couple really shitty years (laughs) it's been close to a decade Mine's really been just a couple <laughs> shitty years. Like, like I got fired. There was COVID. My mom had a stroke. I had to find a new job. My dog died. Like all this shit. You totally can write a good country song now. <laughs> right. It'd be, it, Only I had a truck. <laughs> there you go. And that's what it is. It's like my dog died. All this happened. If only I had a truck. That That's your wishing for a truck. Actually, my country song would be like, if only I looked good in short shorts. (laughs) If only I looked good in cut off jean shorts. I don't know. My life would be better. I don't see hit written all over that one. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. I think you got to, you know, it has to be more more inspirational. Got to be a little more inspirational. But you have to talk about getting drunk at least four times in the sun. In small towns. I gotta gotta be from a small town and we go out on dirt roads all the time. Dirt roads, trucks, uh, small towns, getting drunk, uh, your first girlfriend or boyfriend and... um, But not of the same sex. But not of the same sex because in that that area they they would frown upon that. Um, Yeah, I think that uh, that would be a very... uh, 
<laughs> it's a country song right there. I'll work, I'll work on that. Yeah. I've, I've got, you know, the last couple of years to draw from. So exactly. We'll exactly. see how it goes. It just, yeah, be great. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. You want to share your real ghost stories with us? We'd love to hear them. Uh, let's jump over here to our first letter of the day that was written in at realghoststoriesonline.com. It says this all happened 12 years ago now. <clears throat> After hearing stories from a local ghost researcher named Dr. Peter Pitkin, who has since passed on, on the Sunday morning radio show, I decided to start reading some of his books. Got into the local stories of hauntings in the Northeast and all over New York while reading these books. I came across a story of a young family's ghost encounter the next town over in Fonda, New York. The family just happened to be a friend's family I knew. In the meantime, I had started to talk to my friend's mother. and She verified the story was true, which branched off into her various ghost hunting adventures, stories, and also warnings from her to not pursue or even attempt to do the same thing as she happened to get an attachment at one point in time. After much thought, I decided I'd not go down that road, but made a decision to tape record my room at night while I slept, telling myself this was an experiment to see if I snored. Well, I found I did not snore, but the next morning I checked the tape recorder and hours of quiet with the light sound of a fan blowing could be heard until the middle of the recording. And I hear what sounds like a whooshing sound. That's low then loud and low, kind of like a heavy wind blowing. Next, I did every test to debunk this. There was no other sounds, no storms that night, and I tried recording during the day and still could not get that sound. Then the next day, I was doing some work outside and noticed my chest hurt just below my throat. I stopped working and went inside, looked in the mirror, and found three scratch marks shallow. They were red and little blood was noticeable. After this, I decided, well, I need to find out what did this and as i mentioned prior made multiple attempts to record at night and during the day as the noise was never heard again on the recordings after much thought i reached out to my friend's mother and told her what happened and i tried to debunk this to prove it was not a ghost or demon or anything that was a coincidence or just an accident she said do not record anymore and do not try to find out what this is just stop what you're doing and hopefully this will stop I could see that being performed in the movie. <laughs> She's like standing there on the by a priest. She, no, it's this, like somebody who looks like very prim and proper. No, no, this is the mom. So she's standing there on the porch, and she's got a broom in her hand, and and she's just sweeping. And she said, "No, do not record anymore. I do not try to find out what this is. Just stop what you're doing, and hopefully this will stop." And she slams the broom down. We says, "Stop." Also, and then she exits dramatically. Yes, but no, she adds something. Also, she added, "It's not a family member, and it's something you should not mess with." Just stop, damn it! I added the damn it part. <laughs> After this discussion and much discussion with other friends and family, <laughs> I decided no more recording, and I will not hunt this thing. Just pray and hope it does not happen again. Finally, after the scratch is healed, much prayer and listening to the advice given, I did stay away from trying to record and learned a good lesson. Do not provoke or try to provoke something. You never know what could happen. With this in mind, I still listen to the ghost stories, shows and all that. 
but I will not record again. Please note, I uh, have been an EPP listener to the shows and just want to thank you for taking the time to read this and hopefully it makes it on the air. If not, that's okay too. Keep up the good work, Tony and crew. Keep uh, reading and I'll keep listening. Matty D in central New York. Just stop, damn it. Stop. Don't ever do that again. And like the broom, almost like the bristles kind of like bend a little bit and like some break off because they're hitting the broom down so hard. She storms away. Well, okay. So is would you ever record at night? Like just hit record and then just fall asleep and then the next day be like, what did I capture? I don't, There's no way, on, no way, no way, no way, no way. I'll do it. Like, I, I mean, it'll be, it'll be oh, me moving around a lot. Hell no, because I'm so afraid I'd hear something and then you got to go to bed because you, this is where you live. And now you're better off not knowing. I'm just going to say, okay, ghost friends, I'm going to bed. You can use my energy to communicate into this recorder right here and tell me your story. I'll be sleeping and I'll listen when I get up. Love you, ghost friends. Good night. <laughs> and then there'd be my voice on there. Don't disturb whatever that line was. <laughs> what? The mom with the broom line. Oh. I don't remember what it was. Just stop it, damn it. Just stop, Just stop damn it. The, and you'd be like, that sounded like Carol. It's weird, but Carol's not here. Yeah. It would be very freaky. I like, couldn't do it. There's, it's not possible. No, no, hell no. I'd hear. That's what I'd hear. I would hear that shit. Then I'd be like, I can never sleep here again. Oh crap! I own the house. I'm coming now, to steal your soul. <laughs> and then I'd hear my cat go meow. meow yep. Meow, yep. There you go. I go, great. It's my cat that's the demon. Your cat is coming for you, Carol. <laughs> Which wouldn't be too far of a stretch from time <laughs> to time. Uh, our next one says, first and foremost, I want to congratulate you for having such a fantastic podcast. I always look oh. forward to it. Now, this isn't your typical ghost story. Also, it didn't happen to me. It happened to my mom. I'm a first generation American, which means my parents moved to the U.S. a few decades ago. Throughout the years, it's always been the three of us. There were some years when I would spend the summers with my grandmother back in their native country. In a way, my grandmother also helped to raise me. She exposed me to a culture so unlike the one I'd grown accustomed to. While she was not aggressively affectionate, she was a second motherly figure. Years passed and grandma's health deter deteriorated. She was diagnosed with diabetes and suffered from a fall, which resulted in a broken hip. Two years ago, we got a call, one we'd been dreading. Grandma had died. My mother was devastated. She wasn't there during Grandma's final moments. I did not cry. I tried, but I couldn't. I suppose I'd resigned myself months before to her dying. I must confess, I was a very angry teenager. I struggled with emotions foreign to me and often resorted to self-harm. Up until that point, I'd managed to keep it hidden from my parents. Even when I displayed bouts of anger, they did their best to give me some peace. However, one morning, a few months after my grandma's death, my mom shook me awake. She said she saw grandma. What do you mean, I asked. She then recounted what she'd seen. She saw grandma in a dream. They were in a strange place, not one she'd seen before. 
and she sensed Grandma's presence even before she saw her. Now, this is where things get weird. Grandma was crying. She was crouching and covering her face. Mom approached her, careful not to startle her, and when she was a few yards away, she heard Grandma mutter, Please tell her to stop hurting herself. She needs to stop hurting herself. Help her. To her, she was referring to as me. If remember, I'd turned to self-harm, and my parents had no knowledge of it. Mom jolted awake at the strangeness of it all. Alarmed, she forced me to show her where I'd hurt myself. She saw I was badly scarred and blood drained from her face. What she'd seen in her dream was real. It wasn't just a dream. It was an, app- it was an apparition. Mind you, this was a hot summer morning, but in that moment, I could feel the temperature in the room dropping. And that wasn't all. I also felt watched. I knew then we were not alone. Grandma had intervened from the other side. I've heard that when our loved ones die, they never truly leave our side. They guide us through life and warn us of danger. But I've also heard that demonic entities can visit us in the guise of a dead loved one. While the presence in the dream wasn't malevolent, it did manage to scare us shitless. Soon after my mom found out what I'd been doing, I stopped. My mom hasn't dreamed of grandma since. Be nice to hear your thoughts, Tony, and keep up the good work. Thanks, Emma. Just stop, damn it! Um, I think is we we need that maybe in the uh, closing part of the story. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think yeah, your grandma reached out and she knew the only way that would be able to get through to you would be something maybe of that nature where you you knew that there was some other power that was concerned about you. Uh, because you know, if your parents found out, you know, you you probably want to stop. I don't know if you would. I think that it was that much of an impact that it made on you is I'm going to guess even stronger than it would have been if you just had told somebody um, the fact right. that that dream came through and it was your grandma and you knew nobody else knew about it. I would think that would really strike you and, and almost be a, you know, a, a spiritual moment or something where you're like, okay, yeah, wow, this is beyond all of this. I really, I need to make that choice now for myself too. Yeah. And I think it was grandma being a grandma. Yeah. Like, Make her stop. Like, you know, because at that point, that would be terrifying it, and sad. And all of the emotions would go with that if you were a mom or a grandma and you found out about it. Yeah. And so now that the grandma's gone, she knew about it and was horrified by it and needed to make it stop. Now just think of all and, the other stuff grandma knows about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Grandma knows everything. Gonna come to. I think that you know, because you know, with self harm like that, and you're right. Would if the mom would have noticed it, and she would have been like, "You need to stop that." Would that have stopped it? Yeah. But the fact that it came at such a in such an unexpected way. Yeah. And kind of from beyond, you don't normally get messages like that. No, I mean, uh, quite a dramatic way to. Uh, you know, to to make yourself known. So bravo to uh, to the deceased grandma there because that really was an impressive way. And to get your point across, I mean, I think, I mean, if I was a grandparent too, if I'm like, well, what's the most dramatic thing I can do here that will, you know, make an impact? And yeah, so I get it. I, yeah, that's a very cool story. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, 855-853-853. 4802 is our phone number here. 
at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. And I'm going to grab this call right over here. And here, your ghost story. Okay, stretching for time. <laughs> Hi, what is it? Hey, good morning, uh, Tony and Carol. Um, this is Ivan. I called in uh, two times so far, and you aired both of my stories. I wanted to thank you for that, uh, for sharing those stories. Um, I spoke about my mom, who used to be into Santeria slash Brujeria. Um, I pretty much grew up in a normal child. Grew up in Kenner Square in uh, the rural area. And, uh, yeah, ever since I can remember, my mom was uh, definitely uh, like a conduit or a psychic of sorts. Uh, there were times we'd be sitting in the living room watching the Brady Bunch or whatever it was, and all of a sudden she would just start acting weird. And then after that, my dad, he already knew what to do. He would come and sit next to her, and she would start speaking, usually in a deep voice, and she would tell him things, uh, either things that were going to happen. Uh, sometimes it was lottery numbers that she would tell him to play. Uh, but usually it was a message for someone. Um, I got one that I was going to be in a car accident. My brother got one that he was going to drown. And she used to warn my dad um, of things that were going to happen. Um, as a result of her being involved in that, she used to have people that would come against her. One was my aunt that I call the witch to this day. And that's where the black magic came in. Um, you know, so I've seen some strange things. Uh, her room was set up where she had Africans, Indians, Buddhas, and uh, these other saints and other statues that she had throughout the room. Uh, when you came in her room, you would get the creeps. You felt like the statues were watching you. She would uh, light cigars for them and give them liquor and give them water. Uh, she had this big, like a vase, looked like a big wine uh, cup. And she would keep it sort of with water. And believe it or not, it was like a crystal ball to her. Uh, there were times that she would just get that, whatever it was that would come to her or through her. And she would look into it. And she would start chanting something. And the next thing you know, like I said, my dad already knew what to do. So he would be right there next to her. And she would start talking to him. Uh, it kind of became the norm for us. I, know I was never really afraid of when she acted like that, but I, you know, like I said, I was always afraid to go in her room. Felt like I was being watched in that room. And, uh, that's pretty much how that was, you know, growing up. And, um, you know, things just kind of, uh, took a turn for the worse there towards the end because they were coming against her. And so then she started practicing black magic, basically. Like I said, it's called brujeria and, I seen her one time at the table. She took a jar, regular mayonnaise jar, whatever it was. She emptied it out, and she wrote something. It must have been about four or five pages long. She stuck it at the very bottom of the jar, and then she put salt, pepper, lemon, lime, everything that was salty and sour. And she poured it in there, and then she took a black candle, and she basically melted it down into the jar on top of the letter and on top of all the pepper and stuff, and took it, she sealed it up, and she buried it in the backyard next to the tree where our dog was at. Now, this was a healthy dog. He was, uh, not sure exactly what kind of a dog he was, like a Labrador retriever. 
but he was a healthy dog, though. And there was one night on a Friday night, I remember it was about 9 o'clock in the evening, and we're all sitting in the house, and the dog started howling like like a wolf. Just kept howling and howling and howling. And I was like, what's wrong with him? You know, he never acts that way. But my dad went out there, and he brought the dog in the house. Uh, the dog came in the house, continued to howl, and within a matter of minutes, he dropped on the floor, started shaking, kicking. He spewed up all this green stuff. And then he just died right there in the living room floor. That I was freaked out about. I just, uh, I was like, wow, whatever she put in that jar, it was that strong that it killed the dog. I was, you know, that's what I thought. I'm about 11, 12 years old. So, you know, that's what came to my mind that. My mom just killed the dog with whatever it was that she buried in the next to him. And, um, you know, like I said, she didn't really die a pleasant death. But, uh, you know, I've experienced things since then. I'm not saying it's related to that. I feel like something does follow us around. I heard you and Carol speaking about it and saying how maybe I should go see someone like a psychic or a medium to see what is going on. Um, you know, maybe she needs some kind of closure or maybe she did, uh, conjure something up and left that door open. Um, I really don't get scared, but I just know that there's something there. And like I said, it's, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that we experience things from one house to the next. I don't believe that every house that you move into is haunted. Uh, the house that we're living in now was built in like 1920. You know, so I'm not saying that nobody has died in that house, and I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of people have come through in that time. But, you know, I just think it's something that follows us around. And, uh, again, I just wanted to share that again, you know, a little more insight on my mom. We are planning on going to go see someone to see what they have to say about it. It's just a matter of finding someone that is actually real and, uh, you know, just take it from there and see what happens. Uh, keep you updated, let you know what's going on. And uh, and, I, and like I said before, and I thought uh, Carol thought it was kind of funny when I said, you know, we're not paranormal investigators, but I do believe in life after death. I do believe in the paranormal. I believe that ghosts do exist. I believe that there's good spirits and I believe that there's bad spirits. And uh, you know, every now and then we go to places like... Uh, Gettysburg, which we're planning on going to in, in the next few weeks. We're going back again because the few times that we've been there, we've never experienced anything. Like I said, we thought we heard something one time, but I, I don't know. could have been something else. But, uh, yeah, as my wife says, you know, I'm going to keep uh, looking for ghosts until I finally see something, and then I'm going to stop. <laughs> uh, but, again, thank you guys for airing my story. And, uh I definitely enjoy the show. Never been a podcast listener. I became an EPP member, and uh, I look forward to hearing more stories and uh, feedback. So, again, thank you very much, and have a good day. That's, uh, that's also a recipe on how to make Kool-Aid, in case you were wondering. Uh, <laughs> you can do that with the uh, the paper and the salt and the lemon. The jar. The jar and the black candle. If you shake it up, uh, it turns into charcoalberry fin <coughs> Kool-Aid. So, add some sugar. Yeah, you had to put that cup of sugar in there. Though, yeah, don't forget the sugar. You can't make you it know. Sugar. As I'm listening to that story, I'm like, I'm thinking about my own childhood, and my mom is pretty crazy. 
But I'm like, damn. It always makes, you know, no matter how crazy your own life is, something else is way different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I can't even imagine, like, living like that, and that's your normal. Do you think it did anything? As far as? Like, attracting a weird shit to them for the rest of... I don't know. Of- it's interesting to me because, you know, it part of that, and I don't mean any disrespect to him or anything... But you don't know. Like, there could be mental illness involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, hard, you don't know. But she could also be, you know, kind of a vessel for things. And things are coming through. But they're coming through to her. So, at the end where he's talking about he's never seen a ghost. It's like, so all the, you know, maybe that was paranormal stuff. But it was all her. Yeah. That she's experiencing it, but they weren't. But yet, he said it kind of went house to house with them. I don't think, I think very few people actually see a ghost. I don't know what that percentage would be. Yeah. You know, when you think about all the stories you and I have heard. Mm-hmm. Hell, I lived in a haunted house for all those years. I never actually saw a ghost. Yeah. I have felt it. I have heard it. All of that stuff. But I haven't actually seen one. So when he's saying you until I actually see one, well, you might not. But that doesn't yeah. mean you're not experiencing experiencing it. Yeah, they tend to show themselves in in many ways uh, beyond just visual. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to to just say, well, unless I sense it with that specific sense, I'm not going to believe it because yeah. I, I think you already kind of I think you already know you believe it. You just don't really want to. And you know, and it. going to see somebody too, and I get that, like. You know, it's that's another thing. I think there are actual psychics out there. I really do. Sure. Like, I don't know how they do it, but it seems like these people know shit. I don't know how they know. Just say a lot of random shit. It works. Exactly. Until something lands, yeah. I guess. But um, but there's so many people just going to tell you crap because they, they kind of pick up on, you know, yeah. they ask some leading questions sure. or something like that. So, yeah, if you do go see somebody, you got to. You know, I don't, I just don't know. I wouldn't always trust it either. But if you did, if you were able to find the right person, maybe somebody could have some answers. Yeah. I, I would it, think, I would think you'd want some answers about your mom. Yeah. You know, and I do and believe what that she went through. I do believe there are some legitimate ones out there. I, without a doubt, I've talked to them on the grave talks and such. There was one the other day that I had on, and I, I forget who it was. Um, and she was a really great guest, uh, so I'm not in any way knocking her, but she said that I had died on the Titanic, and I wasn't really asking for a reading or anything like that, but we were just kind of, it kind of came up in conversation. Um, I don't know how. Okay, that's kind of weird. I don't know how that comes up in conversation, but, um, but and she said, yeah, and your name was, was Timothy, Timothy something, and then immediately once the episode drops, so many people are like, okay, we're going to go find the manifest and see if you're on there. And there was nobody by the name that she had uh, said I was. Because um, I think but she even gave a one thing name. about that, now, it would be a needle in a haystack because there are so many episodes of this show. Yeah. But you have definitely talked about your fascination with the Titanic. Sure. That's not a secret. No. So, you know, somebody could listen to an episode or stumbled yeah. upon an episode. Yeah, and I don't know I don't know if she's an active listener or not because she was just a guest. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, it wouldn't be that hard to know that, I think. Um, but it's still pretty, like, 
if she didn't know much about you, that's pretty interesting that she yeah. would say that. Yeah, I mean, because I, you do a quick you Google. have a fascination with that. I think if you do a quick Google, maybe you could connect some dots on some things pretty quick. But uh, but and the thing is, what then what happens is they say something like that, and you so want to believe that this is happening and that this is this is real. This is amazing, um, and I think that kind of you know. It, you become a, a very biased judge of what is actually being said. Oh yeah. But no, yeah, and that, but I do believe, and I'm not saying that she wasn't right or anything. Like, it was just, it was just kind of funny the way it started being researched right away. Also, I started getting like messages from people going, they're not on the manifest. I'm like, what? It's just like, not on like just out of context. Like you're not on the manifest. Like what the hell does that mean? <laughs> it's like what? And then it's like oh. what? Oh, okay. Now I know. Okay. Uh let's go to uh another caller. Hi. So um I live in Oklahoma, uh central Oklahoma to be specific, just moved up here to uh the uh southern part of the state. Um I've had a few experiences through my life. Um I've experienced a lot of demonic activities such as um, hooded figures, uh, black shadows, voices, things of that nature. Um, I worked at the Devon Tower as security and in the um, building surrounding that. In the office spaces there, uh, there was a lot of suicides and a lot of cheating going on when, uh, when, uh, back in the day, basically. Um, and when we'd worked there, because we worked overnight shifts, there was definitely a huge atmosphere. This, these buildings were huge, and there's so many floors. Uh, it was also right next to the Oklahoma City bombing, and there's a building, there's a, or there's an office inside the building that is still, has everything furnished from the 90s, and a lot of the stuff was, uh, uh, some of the stuff was retrieved and put inside that, office for some reason from the uh, Oklahoma City bombing. Um, I heard a little girl's laugh. I heard noises like uh, laughter, uh, like maniacal laughter, like, um, you know, um, something kind of evil, eerie. Um, I know I'm kind of all over the place, but there's a lot of experiences with the demonic I've had and I don't know why exactly personally I'm a Christian and I you know I fight against it but the demonic and the spirit world I can have always really felt around me so you know I'm sure it's probably not gonna be the story's not gonna be as as worthy on to be on the show but at least I can share it with somebody I need to get a concrete story to remember everything, every detail on a single story. So thank you and have a great day. Let me tell you, you know what's going to help with that storytelling? Going and getting some of the products from Jim Baker. He, <laughs> Where did that come from? He has the elixir to save the day. Memory loss. ED. <laughs> Being able to share a ghost story in a more concise way. Jim Baker's Memory Elixir. Buy it today at his cult near Branson. Um, 
Yeah, and with your credit card, it will auto ship. Yes. You'll never get out of it. It'll auto ship a new bottle every day for the rest of Um, your life. I did want to say something about that. So I wasn't really totally clear about the office space around the bombing site Mm -hmm. that had some um, things in it from um, that day. But there is a museum yeah. right there that used to be an office building. So yes. I'm not sure if that's what he was talking yeah, there, about. Yeah, because there's portions of there that but they never, I that they just left. I'm telling you what, if you have never gone to that memorial they have there, a museum, do them both. It is one of the most moving things I've ever gone to. And I don't know how anybody could go there and not feel the presence, like the, yeah. I don't know. It just, it like you just step in there and like you feel this overwhelming sense of sadness mm-hmm. and it's heavy. Yeah. And at the same time, it's one of the most beautiful memorials I've ever seen. Then the museum, it seems morbid to go in and look at it. And I, I would imagine the nine 11 museums kind of like this. I would assume. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say, similar things. So when a, a memorial is done right, you get the feeling. So I think exactly. that's part of it. Yeah. But oh my gosh. So hearing voices or something, absolutely. I don't know. Like I would think if you were in that, I don't know how you couldn't if you were there by yourself and it was really quiet. People are very quiet there though, too. They are. But um because it just seems like it's very sacred is how it feels as soon as you step there. Yeah. Um, I know what he's talking yeah. about with the office rooms, because that's an interesting thing. When you walk into the museum, they've kept some of the rooms just as they were and yeah. just decided to basically glass them off. And so you can see, you know, cause kind of a more firsthand picture of what everything looked like at that second in that area after yeah. that damage happened. And I, um, uh, I remember when it happened and I, the guy I was dating at the time, we had already booked hotels and we were going to Oklahoma City for a weekend getaway. Mm-hmm. And so it was maybe a month after the bombing. And it was the weirdest feeling all in all Oklahoma City, everywhere we went, like people would realize we weren't from Oklahoma City. And then they thought we were journalists or something. We're like, no, mm-hmm. really, we'd already booked the rooms. And so we weren't going to drive by it. And then we're like, you know what? They, they're getting ready to tear down the building. We should just drive by it. Yeah. And we did. Oh, my God. It was block after block after block that, you know, four or five, six-story buildings, every window and it's busted out. Yeah, the shockwave. On both sides, yeah. four blocks. That's sure. how massive that bomb was. It was like three blocks. It just went through the entire building building and blew out the windows on one side and then the other side and then into the next building and the next building. I've never, and like the ceilings, you could see it, the ceilings in these buildings that are a block away, two blocks away are just hanging. Things are just hanging from them. Mm -hmm. I've never seen anything like that. And I hope I never do again. But so maybe living in Oklahoma, you know, city or visiting that area, I could see how he could pick up on, on things. Sure. Sure. I mean, uh, I don't see how anyone wouldn't pick up on stuff there. No, you, there's just certain places where you don't even have to know what happened, but and you'll you'll just feel it. I felt it when uh, I was walking near the pit of the World Trade Centers, nearly eight years after it happened, and there there too, 
there was still block after block of upper windows and things busted out in places that just still had not been repaired. And that was that damage. Like I can't even wrap my brain around that. I, yeah. I mean, there was buildings Either. right next to it that you, they would, they had not even begun to redo anything with yet. They just kind of left it sit and everything's blown out the one side. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just, it's a haunting you know, reminder of what happened. And um, I don't know. I, 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 I've been to the Oklahoma one and that was very exactly what you said. Uh, I'd like to go to the nine 11 one at some point, And I think that'll be very, I know. And, and it's a weird draw, you know, cause like yeah. you're kind of drawn to it, especially if you lived through that and day. horrified by it at the same time. It's this weird emotional thing just to even go in and buy a ticket and go, I'm going to go in. Yeah. It would to, it. I'd have to kind of sit down and think about it for a minute. I bet I want to do it someday. The 9-11 one, because yeah. everybody I've talked to has said the same things about the, like the, the way they've described it is how I felt about Oklahoma City. We had a ghost story on this show once, uh, way back, uh, probably nine years ago or so. And it was from someone who claimed to be a guard, uh, at the site of the, uh, the one that went down in Pennsylvania, United 93. And they had like a little, you know, guard shack out there. So people weren't going to go and go towards oh, so the wreckage. Pro- so it had already happened and they're protecting. Yes. The they're, site. they're protecting oh, the site okay. of the crash uh, because there was, there wasn't a lot left of the plane, um, but they were, you know, they had to do all their research and everything. So they had those people out right. there night guarding. Yeah. It. They don't want anybody messing yeah. with that. And so he was on the duty of staying overnight there. And uh, him and another guy, and they said so many nights they would go out there and they would hear what they thought would sounded like crying, um, it just weird sound like knocks on the the building door, um, all sorts of things. That I mean, this is just a shack in the middle of a field. There's no trees that are going to hit the door. There's not really. I mean, I suppose you could have animals, but they had security cameras everywhere. There was no nothing that was being picked up to show what they were hearing on their building. And it, it, I guess it just scared the crap out of them. Uh, Oh God, I can't imagine. But yeah, I mean, you have that many people that lose their life right there. And if you're still kind of in a confused state on the other side and suddenly there's a guard shack in the middle of this field and you don't know what the hell's going on, I'd be knocking too. That's crazy. It was a real haunting story. I want to, that's what I got to go back and try and find again. Um, I'd it, really like to hear that one. Yeah, that and that's way, way back. But I don't. I'm I'm, work, I'm working my way through the archives right now because I'm loading everything onto Apple Podcasts for the uh, EPP memberships over there. And we have all the EPP episodes for there up there for you to binge uh, all the way up from number one to today. Uh, so this is for, a lot. And I, I created a whole separate uh, show on our channel for that, so you can go straight to that now. Uh, and just get those. Uh, the archive is up as far as everything that Apple lets us put up, but I still have more. So I'm going to start working on getting that up for you as well, too. But as it stands, you have thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of hours of ghost stories to listen to. Wow. But I'm going to get more because I, I want to try and pull everything that has ever been created on any channel here or there or anywhere um, stuff has fallen off all the, the podcast servers it, like some of those stories have um, and uh, get them back up because there's a lot of good ones. 
And it's God, you know, no kidding because I'd love to hear that one. That was a really interesting one. I remember. I'm gonna look for. I will. I'm gonna. I, maybe I could find that one. There's some keywords I'll look for in that. All right, that is going to wrap up uh, today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up through Apple Podcasts and try it for three days free on our subscription channel uh, or go to patreon.com slash Stories or our website, ghostpodcast.com. Get access to all of our episodes, commercial-free, advanced episodes, and a bonus episode every single week and the full archive of those for you as well. Check it out and help keep us on the air. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.